Off the ball. The last battle in the Ronaldo-Messi war mm. was that World Cup and uh, Ronaldo lost it and then, then he ended up at like an Al Nasser. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. I'm delighted to say we have two legendary referees with us, uh, Dr. Errol Sweeney and uh, Keith Hackett to join us now. Um, gentlemen, you're both very welcome to the show. Refereeing is, is generally in crisis across all sports, it turns out. But Errol, I might start with you. Uh, do you remember a time when the atmosphere around refereeing was so difficult? I think it's always been difficult. Um, it's never an easy job, if you call it a job. Um, you've got two competing teams, and no matter what decision you make, uh, one team is not going to be happy. So it's always been difficult. And it's always been difficult, just adding on a little bit, to recruit, and, and not even recruit, but to retain referees that are already there. It feels like it's getting worse, though. Yeah, it does, uh, with the amount of... Um, um, Assaults on referees, I mean, even here in the Republic of Ireland, um, we had a, a young man, same namesake as myself, called Daniel Sweeney from Athlone, who was severely assaulted in the car park after a match by four individuals. And, I, and I, I, I'm trying to be nice now, not to be too rude, but they were these guys attacked him after the game and... Uh, Severely assaulted him, broke his nose, broke his eye sockets and knocked out some of his teeth and so on. Just appalling. And it's going on. In fact, I had a, a picture uh, that I put up on my, my own show on a Monday night called the Monday Review Show and um, where a young lady in Pakistan was assaulted. And I have the photograph with the blood coming down out of the back of her ear there. It's appalling uh, and something really, really seriously needs to be done and not next week or next year, but now. Keith, what do you think could be done to help the situation that we find ourselves in? Well, I think the English uh, FA have taken a step in the last couple of weeks that I think is dynamic, but it only applies at the lower end of grassroots level football. And that is to start to deduct points for uh, serious misconduct. And I think that what we've got to do is at the senior game, the elite level game, where there's so much cheating, there's, there's tactical influences on the game that are negative towards uh, the spectator. If we look at the amount of actual playing time, we're looking at 52, 53 minutes of actual playing time in a Premier League game at this moment in time. And that a lot of that is down to just sheer cheating that's going on which is making life very difficult for the referee. The referee's got a sanction of a yellow and a red card. And we saw recently with Anthony Taylor issuing 13 yellow cards in a Europa Cup final with the impact of the yellow card having almost no reaction whatsoever. Whereas in my day, when we first introduced yellow cards, it impacted immediately and we had players just backing off a bit and re reacting to it. But the modern game, as Dr. Errol has quite rightly pointed out, is getting worse at the top level and it's cascading down and making life very difficult for referees at grassroots level. And we in England are actually seeing games taking place on the odd weekend without referees being available. 
what you've brought that incident up um there keith the the anthony taylor incident and and i guess from a from a viewing perspective it was tough to watch the the substitutions and the coaches you know gesticulating for every single little decision then you see the video of Mourinho afterwards you know castigating anthony taylor as he heads for his his transport home and then you see the horrific scenes in the airport as well as as mm. himself and his family are uh, you know completely um, abused and have chairs thrown in their direction and all sorts and spat at. Uh, what was your, re- your reaction to that? I was just appalled. I think anybody in sport recognises that when referees make decisions, there's half the team going to be unhappy with what you what you've actually decided to do. And I think that it's part of the game. But I think this was an extension of something that. We've not seen at the elite level. We, we, you know, Dr. Errol has pointed out the, the physical assaults that have taken place and continue to take place at grassroots level with our junior referees. At the elite level, this was completely and utterly out of the ordinary. Now, I think there's questions that UEFA have got to ask uh, about security, their own personal security of the match referee. Of course, we had Mourinho having a, a, a go at the referee in the actual area of the departure of the transport to the airport or to back to the hotels. That should not have happened, and there there needed to be security around that. Now, as a referee, and I've I've been there in Europe, you referee the match, and then the following day you're going back to the airport, usually with the, the, the FA of that particular country guiding you through the airport, but little security. I think now in the modern game, we've just got to step up the security. Jose Mourinho has to take responsibility too, though, right? Like, he he legitimised or gave cover to the fans who subsequently acted by his actions. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We we, we saw a couple of years ago Trump uh, and, and all the sort of machinations of his reaction on the media and what happened afterwards with the assault... Um, uh, in in a public office. Now, I think that what we've got here is something similar. There's no doubts in my mer- mind that Mourinho was a catalyst for the problems. And as a consequence, I'm calling UEFA to make a, a real sanction here. Now, the sanction, first of all, is the two teams and the one that was the real offender, I think they should be thrown out of the competition for a couple of years. They should not be allowed to compete for any UEFA competition. Now, in terms of Mourinho, what do you do with him? Well, he's a football manager. He manages the team. He has to affect the changes of that team. So a ban. And that ban, I think, has to be really meaningful. So for me, I think I'm looking at a 10-match ban. Now, that is extraordinary, out of the ordinary. But I think the incidents involving Taylor, who... You know, thanks to someone who caught a chair, it avoided hitting him. And uh, and that could have been a serious injury. So for me, I think it's got to be fairly draconian. I start off at that point. No doubt UEFA will back off a bit. But let's get a, a, a punishment that, he, that that is meaningful. Errol, so obviously... Um, the, the punishment must fit the crime for any of these incidents. In, in terms of trying to change the culture... Um, where do you start? How do you how do you begin to alter the situation? Because it's not just 
football that this is an issue in literally every sport. We do a sports show, we cover everything. Uh, and after every high-profile match in almost any sport, we could sit and pick through every single incident and go, well, the referee was like, you know, largely was right, but was wrong in these few key <coughs> things which swung the game. So from a, a cultural perspective, what can football do particularly? Well, I, I don't know if it is going to change. And my reason for saying that is there's so much money involved now. I mean, players and managers, I mean, their salaries are telephone numbers. And so long as that amount of money is there, uh, I think this will not only continue, but might even get worse because the need to win seems to be at all costs. And if cheating and diving and lying uh, is, is um, necessary, then so be it. Uh, I, I would 100% agree with Keith, and I'd even go a little bit further in saying that the sanction should not necessarily be monetary because that's nothing to them. It's small change, even, even if it is small change. I think it really needs to hit them, not necessarily in their pocket, but in their position in the league and immediately deduct them points. Uh, and as I discussed with Keith on, on my show last night, uh, teams can, can get deducted 10 points, 15 points, even relegated as Rangers were a couple of years ago because of misdeeds or whatever they did. The same has to happen in instances like this. Mm. Finding them in money is absolutely nothing when you get some of the big team owners who are multi-billionaires, let alone millionaires. So the money is not the issue. I think it has to be ban- It has to be. Uh, Points, definitely on points. And as for the yellow cards that Anthony Taylor issued the other night, um, he had no choice but to issue yellow cards. But I think there was a very cynical move going on here in that some of the players are saying, well, I've already been booked. You do the next one and then you get a yellow card. Maybe I'm being too cynical, but it seemed like that's the way it was going. Mm. And mm. perhaps maybe bringing in something like after a third yellow card, the next card for that team should be read, regardless of the seriousness of the incident. But something really seriously needs to be done to stop this. Otherwise, it's going to go on because there's a winning mentality there, win at all costs. And if that means cheating and diving, or as the famous one with Jose Marina used to be, park the bus, win at all costs, that seems to be the attitude nowadays. Law five of the laws of the game clearly states, clearly states, that the referee's decision is final. It also says in there that players and officials must, not will or might, must respect the decisions of the referee. And the third thing I would stop, absolutely stop, is this handshake with the players and the officials at the start of the game. If I was in charge of the referees, I would say, please, with respect, do not shake hands with my referees. I'm going to step them back. And if you want to shake hands with each other, that's fine. And what happens? The game hasn't started two minutes and they're kicking lumps out of each other. They're cheating. They're mm-hmm. diving. So much for the respect. So much for the handshake. I would say to my referees, stay away. You don't get a judge up on the bench coming down and talking to the defense or talking to the lawyers or, or, or commiserating with a guy who's just been sentenced. He's there on his own, separate. Referees should be the same. I also criticize the referees for going over to players player goes down injured and they're, they're almost treating him like he's their son. Are you all mm. right, son? Is everything okay? Shouldn't do that. You have to be seen to be totally independent and separate at all times. 
Um, Earl, like, I guess that the, the issue as well, refer- referees are more visible now. So many games are on television that everyone recognises them on the street when they see them. Um, you, you would have refereed in South Africa for, for quite a significant uh, number of years. Would you have had any yeah. examples of, of intimidation or abuse directed towards yourself after matches? Oh, how much time have you got? I mean, I've, I've been taken out of the boot of, in the boot of a car in certain places. Um, I was taken out in an armoured personnel carrier one time in, in Johannesburg. Um, I arrived at a hotel down in Bloemfontein to do a very important relegation match. When I got to my room, I had a, a, a bullet was left on my bedside table. I got the message, but it was but we had fantastic security before, during, and after the game. I, I could I could tell you stories all day long to make your hair stand uh, as far as South Africa because they really are fanatical. But on the issue of Anthony Taylor, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on what Keith said. Referees, after important games of any description, be they finals or first-round matches, should not have to walk through the normal departure gates where they can easily be seen, identified, and accosted like Anthony Taylor was. Surely they can bring them out the diplomatic way, where diplomats, they don't walk through the normal uh, departure but it's gates. But it's or, just, yeah, you know. I, look, I, we, we shouldn't have to do that, though, right? Because, like, this is just... Oh, absolutely, no. It's just football. You wouldn't have to do it if Mourinho hadn't ratted up the ante. And, and I, I, like, I, I do agree with you. In certain circumstances, tensions will run high and you need to... Uh, plan for the worst. I absolutely understand that, but like, really, we sh- we shouldn't need to be treating referees like like unexploded bombs. Um, you no, know. and absolutely, you should not. But that's going to be the case from now on. And again, it's all related to money, because of the amount of money and the need to win and the desire to win. Uh, that's going to. I, uh, sadly, I think it's going to it's going to continue. But uh, what happened, to Anthony Taylor, was absolutely appalling. And it's not only him, but it could be anybody, like other referees I've mentioned earlier on, who get assaulted. And we never hear a thing about it. Yeah. It's happening at the lower levels. Keith, the final point on this, um, in terms of like how hopeful or otherwise you feel about the direction we're heading in, it, it doesn't feel like we're going the right direction. Maybe Howard Webb coming out and doing some uh, publicity around VAR is going to help tone down... The, the VAR obsession that's going on at the moment. But what's your instinct about the direction that we're travelling right now? Well, I think uh, my view is that we've seen in the last couple of seasons what has been deemed the lighter touch. That is, referees trying to reduce their amount of involvement in the game to allow the game to flow. As a result of that, what has happened is players have taken advantage, in my opinion, and uh, and we've seen misconduct in all aspects that are negative to the overall image of the game. Howard will no doubt uh, have learned over recent years uh, how to ch- make the changes through good communication with the public and the media. He's a very good media savvy guy. Now, I think what he's got to do is, is he's got to get VAR operating in a much more efficient manner. My view is that the way that that could be done is to have a, a, a single panel of VAR specialists. Those guys, that's all they do week in, week out. I think that will help the relationship between referee and VAR that is somewhat wayward at the moment. I think he's got to work with the clubs and the managers to say, here are specific areas of the game that we are going to clamp down. We're going to tighten up. 
I think, uh, acts of simulation. And in, in, in that case, open cheating that make it very life, very difficult for the referee. I think in that situation, he should be talking to the FA and the Premier League and say, look, what I'd like you to do is support our referees by post-match sanctions, if appropriate. And that means review some of the actions of players on the field of play and subject them to some form of fine or suspension when they have actually been proven to be simulating, if you like, cheating the game. Now, VAR is an area, but I think also we need the laws of the game changing in in relation to handball. At the moment, they've tried to tighten up and show too much of the detail of handball, whereas I think we need to go back to... You know, I, I, I read the 1938 laws of the game, not that I'm a nerd, but I read them recently. All it says is that handball has to be deliberate. And I think that's all we need. Let the referee judge whether the handling offence has been deliberate. This whole nonsense of a player making his body shape bigger fails to take into account that the, the, the action of the body, the body mechanics when someone is either running or jumping for the ball. And therefore, we get incidents that we saw in the cup final of of Grealish being punished with a penalty kick when he believes that his action was uh, natural. I thought at the time it was a harsh decision because I didn't see the body shape being made uh, bigger. And therefore, in that sense, we had VAR coming in. And a decision that probably the referee on the day during the course of the game, took little notice of, was suddenly drawn into controversy yeah. because of the involvement and over-exuberance of VAR. Look, I'm here in this, a room in Stockley Park. I want to get involved. And what we've got to do is Howard's got to say to them, stay out of it until we believe it's a clear and obvious error. All right. Fascinating stuff, gentlemen. Thank you both for joining us this morning. You've been great with your time. Cheers. Pleasure. Sarah Sweeney and Keith Hackett are giving us uh, some thoughts on the crisis in refereeing. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.